Has anyone mentioned it's a new year? Four or five times. Happy New Year, everybody. I hope you've all managed to have a good New Year, however that looks for you, and a good Christmas for some people. I spoke to Laurie yesterday. He's had a great Christmas. He slept a lot. Correct, Laurie? I'm a teacher. He's a teacher. So he, is, uh, he slept a lot through the holidays. Ours was crazy. We had a house of 13 people, uh, some of them French. It was like a scene out of Home Alone when we were trying to get out the front door. We had people talking English, people talking French, everybody obviously trying to find a coat to get out the front door and manoeuvre this great group of people out, all split into different cars. So many different children who suddenly, last minute, decided, I don't want to go in mum and dad's car, I want to go in Sophie's, because Sophie seems the coolest car to be in. So everybody wanted to be in Sophie's car, which then caused arguments, which then needed to be sorted out, and kids were crying and all kinds of things. That was our Christmas. But it was a great Christmas. But Laurie's was a great Christmas. Christmas isn't what we think it has to be. It's what's right for us. And so I pray that you've all had a great Christmas and a great New Year. You know, I, I sent out a message yesterday about taking notes. It's something we've not mentioned for a while, but it's important. You know, I went to the cinema the other night, and I went to watch Little Women. It's really good. If you, actually, this wasn't an advert, but I'm going to advertise Little Women. Like, it is incredible. Never watched the first one, but I believe it was good. But they've redone it, and it was incredible. But here's the thing. You see, God will speak to you any time if we are open to listen to him. So I'm in Little Women, and God speaks to me in the middle of Little Women, out of Little Women. So what I did when I got home after cooking tea was run upstairs while Barry defrosted the freezer, get out my journal, and I wrote about five pages of what God spoke to me. Because, you see, I will revisit that. But it was fresh in my spirit. It was something God spoke. So when we say about bring something with you to take notes, it's not to make us feel good. And it's not to pass the time. It's because actually, if God will speak to me in little women, will he not speak to you in his house? You know, God will speak to you today. He will drop a one-liner into you. He'll drop something into you that you didn't even know you needed to know. But when you write it down, it's something that you can go back and revisit. So I would say to you, if you've got any kind of gadget that you can take uh, notes on, don't go on Facebook or Instagram or emails. But if you can take notes or if you've got pen and paper, take notes because God is going to speak to you today. If you're like that, like, no, I never brought anything with me, panic not. We're starting the new year strong. If you lift your hand, we've got pen and paper that we're going to give out to you. Our ushers at the back are going to do it. Don't think, oh, I'm not putting my hand up. I might be the only one. Are you hungry to pursue God this year? Honestly, at the first Sunday of the service, that's great seeing people putting their hands up and saying, yeah, me. Are you hungry? You know, we will pursue our careers. We will pursue relationships. What do we do with God and our relationship? Do we pursue him? Do we pursue the things of God? Do we pursue his word? I, I hope so, but I don't know. I know there's always more. I know there's more I can do to pursue him in my life. I know there's always changes and tweaks I could make. So let me say to you, taking notes matters. It absolutely matters. Let's say this as we mean it. I am a child of God. So I am entitled to all the benefits that brings. Right now, I'm ready to listen to all that God has to say to me and to respond with faith, 
believe and be changed by his word. Amen. Amen. I, I want to put to you two different scenarios this morning. And I've been in both of these scenarios on numerous occasions. The first one I want to talk to you about is when you're in worship. And when you're worshipping, and you have that moment where you suddenly feel like a giant. Spatially, you feel bigger than you were before you ever began to worship. You feel like your faith is on steroids. It's like, this is like steroid faith. I have the courage for anything. I can overcome anything because God is for me. He's not against me. And in that moment of worship, we are expanded. Something within us expands and nothing is impossible. Our faith is greater than we've ever experienced it before in that moment. And then there's a second scenario where something happens and you feel like you're drowning and you feel like giving up and you feel like running away and you feel like staying at home and just shutting the front door and you go to bed thinking about this thing, and you wake up thinking about it, and you have a sleepless night thinking about it. And where you've gone from being enlarged, you suddenly have become contracted, and you have shrunk. And you feel that thing that was once large within you suddenly shrinking. Maybe you've never experienced that feeling of being enlarged. Maybe you just constantly feel like you want to run away. Maybe you just constantly feel like life is taking you out. Maybe you constantly feel like you're just fumbling around for answers. Maybe you just constantly feel weak and helpless. What's the difference between the two? How can life be so different? How can you go from feeling one way to feeling another? Is it just the way it is? Do we just hope that the better days will come more than the harder days? Do we hope that we'll have more stronger moments than weak moments? Do we like, oh, please, please let the days get better, please? What if I was to say, in both scenarios, we have control? Now, I, I'm not talking about we are everything we need. When we took, me and Barry were talking the other day, funnily enough, and Barry was saying about um, motivational speaking. All right. If you want to turn up to church and have a demotivated speech, you're probably in the wrong place because Jesus was a motivational speaker, but Jesus brought life. Yeah. And so what we do here isn't a motivational speech. It does motivate. Because Jesus is life and we point everybody to Jesus. So you will get a motivational talk today, but it's not just that. Look deeper. Have eyes to see and ears to hear what the Word of God is saying and what God is saying to us today. But we have control over both scenarios. And you might think, no, 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 that that can't be the case, Vicky. But I'm going to tell you how that happens. And through me telling you that is God speaking. And today, I believe there will be light bulb moments where you're like, yeah, 
I never saw it like that. You see, God wants us to gather around his word and go out changed. He wants us to gather around his word and go out wiser and stronger than we came in. Is anybody else up for that? Let's get our pens off our, our lids off our pens, our biros. Let's get our paper out. Let's get our gadgets out. And let's have a look at what is God saying about this. You see, when I was very young, <clears throat> much younger than I am now, in my bedroom at home, I had a, a radio alarm clock. Yeah, you know what they are. They can wake you up with the radio. They can wake you up with a wah, wah, wah. We actually have one, and I was hoping to bring it as my prop, but realized it's a modern radio alarm clock. And Adam uses it. We gave it him a few months ago because Adam doesn't get up with a normal alarm clock, do you, Adam? <laughs> and he doesn't get up with that wah, wah, wah. The whole house gets up with that wah, wah, wah. And I have to go, and I'm like, Adam, turn your alarm clock off. So, but, but years ago, I had this alarm clock, and it had this black wire on it that you kind of held up and pinned pin to your curtains to try and get a better signal. And I would sit and I would tune the radio in like this to try and find the station that I wanted. I remember my favorite one at the time. I don't know what it's called now. It was 97.4 Red Rose Rock FM, right? And that was the one I wanted. There was Key 103. I don't listen to the radio, so I don't know whether they're out there anymore. I, I, we have Fun Kids Radio and things like that. Or Greatest Hits, because you get it out there all the 80s. And that's roughly what mine looks like now. I remember one Christmas Eve, going in my bedroom and I really wanted to listen to some Christmas music. And you, you don't have all the gadgets you have now. Everything's at your fingertips, isn't it? I sound old, don't I? But everything's at your fingertips. Are you youngins? You don't know you're born. Everything's <laughs> at your fingertips. And so I, I, I went in my bedroom and it was about midnight and I wanted to put some Christmas music on. I didn't have any Christmas music because you had to go out and buy tapes and things like that. So I got my, my radio station and I, I was doing this and it was <laughs> And eventually it came on. Feed the world. <laughs> oh, yeah. And I was like, I and I lay in bed like this, listening to it all distorted, but I could pick it out. And then I got up and I tweaked it a little bit more so it was a little bit clearer. And I lay in bed and I'm like, this is it. Christmas has come. I've got Feed the World slightly distorted on my radio alarm clock. Christmas has arrived. But to get what I wanted, I needed to tune in. You see, we have some new, well, we have a very new gadget here, and we have um, a slightly older one that's a little dusty, um, and, uh, but they both do the same thing. You see, I can turn these on, but my, Laurie might have to help me because mine was not this swish. Um, but we can turn, I've turned it off. Laurie, do you want to come and, Little, do you want to come and help me, Laurie? <laughs> oh, here we go, here we go. He's giving me a lesson in the back room, but I forgot. Okay. Here's the thing, okay. I don't want to sit and listen to that. But to get any clarity, I need to tune in. Laurie. <laughs> it was well easier on my one with my, white, my black wire. Never use electrical props, people. Oh, Ariel. There you go. You just needed to tune in and make the adjustments that were needed. Well, you just enhanced my prop. You well, thank you very much, sweetheart. But here's the thing: I can. I'm not going. We can put this one on. 
and this one can at the same time as that and even though that's clear all you get is a huge big din but the minute I go away from this I'm going to you got to stay tuned in. And it's exactly the same with God. You've got to stay tuned in. Because if not, all you have is distortion. I'm going to turn him off now. Doesn't, does I should have just got you up to do me prop. You've got to stay tuned in. You see, we are a spirit living in a natural body. This is a natural body. We have natural feelings. We're going to refer to it as our flesh today, okay? But we, ha- we are a spirit that gets governed by our flesh. And we have a choice what we walk in. We can walk in the flesh or we can walk in the spirit. And today I want to talk about how do we walk in the spirit. You know, this is a big topic. This is something we could cover for weeks and weeks and weeks. And I'm just going to briefly touch on one. And I'm going to give some points of how to start living in the spirit. How to start letting your spirit have a voice. So that this flesh and our natural body that we are living in doesn't dictate the outcomes of our day. Life doesn't choose us, we choose life. Yeah? Okay, if we just go around waiting for life to choose us, well, you know something? Everything the enemy wants to throw at us is going to throw at us and we're just going to be knocked out. And we're just going to be distorted and we're just going to have a load of crackle going on and there's going to be no clarity. And what's going to happen is we're going to shrink and shrink and shrink and shrink because fear is going to become bigger and greater because that's the only thing that's going to go over and over in our minds. But when we get in the presence of God... And we start to sing, all the earth will shout your praise. When we start to declare high praises over who he is, we expand. Why? Because we are spirit. And we connect. Our spirit is connected. Our spirit is alive. It says the same spirit that raised Jesus Christ from the dead dwells in you. If you are a Christian today and you are wholeheartedly giving your life to God, the same spirit, this is a well-known verse. It's not there to pad the Bible out because they had a few blanks. It's there because it's powerful. The power of this verse, the same spirit that raised Jesus Christ from the dead, rolled the tomb away. We sing about it. We scream about it. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Dwells in you. But when we are so focused on all the natural and the flesh stuff, we're not living connected with the spirit. We're not allowing our spirit to have a voice and actually dictate how we live. When I get in the car now, I put my key in the ignition. And the radio just comes on. It's just automatically tuned. It's just automatically tuned. There's none of doing all of that to try and tune in. It's automatically tuned. And here's the thing. We can live tuned in to the spirit. Now what we have to do is we need to train ourselves. We need to train ourselves to be tuned in to the spirit. You know with the first scenario it's When it's there, it's so very real. Anxiety is so very real, and I am not underestimating the power that they appear to have. For many years in my life, I don't think I've shared this testimony for a long time, probably only 
half the church know it, but for many years in my life, I struggled terrible with anxiety. There was something that had happened to me, I'll say what it is so you don't have to try and work out what it was, but losing my dad at the age of 12 was a major life-changing situation for me. And I went through life not dealing with it. And I got to the age of 16 and anxiety gripped me fiercely. Boy, the power of that anxiety, the power of the panic attack, the power, I would, I would be able to hide it. I learned to hide it really well. Nobody would have had a clue. I don't think my mum would have even had a clue. I hid it really well. I would be in a situation and I would, I, I, knew, the, I knew the telltale signs. I knew, I knew it's coming. And I would physically feel symptoms. I remember, oh, it, it got so bad. I would feel like someone's hands were around my throat and I couldn't breathe properly. And I couldn't talk properly because the panic and the anxiety of actually having to face this, this, this massive thing that I didn't feel I could became so great. And I would tell the sense, I would feel it, it'd be a little bit of something, I'd feel it and, I, and I'd, I'd leave the room. It'd be family gatherings, I'd leave the room. Somebody might mention something and I'm like, I know where this is going to go, you're going to talk about it. And so I'm just going to leave the room and I'm going to go to the bathroom and I'm going to deal with all of this that's going on. And then I'm going to come back down and I'm going to pretend like nothing has happened. I'm not underestimating the power uh, that, that it feels that anxiety and fear and, and, and all these overwhelming things have. But what I want to do is because this is what happened to me and this is where my freedom came. I suddenly realized I didn't need to live that way anymore. And I, I lived plugged into the spirit. And, and those things that were so huge. And I, I went on a journey with God who, and he set me free because he's so faithful, church. He's so faithful. You don't have to carry anything today. Uh, this isn't even in my notes, but I want to tell you, he's so faithful. You don't have to carry anything. There is no burden that you need to carry today. There is no shame that you need to carry today because what he did was he set me free and he helped me. Oh, he helped me. And suddenly this thing that I ran out of rooms to avoid facing and hid in bathrooms and then just pretended everything was okay. Even though it was such a major life issue that had happened to me, a life event that had happened to me, suddenly in the light of who he is, it was shrunk down to the size that it actually needed to be. Because he was the one that overshadowed it and took care of it. I want to say to you that the created, write this down, the created cannot be more powerful than the creator. The created cannot be more powerful than the creator. But what happens is when we are tuned into our flesh, and the thoughts are going over and over and over in our mind. They become so big that we, they feel like they're bigger than God. Fear and anxiety and all those things, they came through Adam. They came through the fall when the world became broken. They were never God's design. They were something that was created. But God is the creator. And those things that are so big in your life today, I'm here to tell you today there's good news. They are not more powerful than the creator. They are masking themselves as more powerful than the creator. That thing in my life, it masked itself as more powerful than the creator. But when in the light of Jesus, 
in the light of Jesus, it went, and I looked. And I was like, you're the creator. You're the creator. And my spirit became alive. The good news is this, as quick as Adam's disobedience changed everything, Christ's obedience changed everything, never to be undone again. As quick as as Adam's disobedience changed it, Christ's obedience changed it forever, and we were set free. Amen. Amen. The beginning of 2020, living life in all its fullness. Do you feel that you can do that? What does that even look like to you? What is, I asked Barry this question, I was like, what is life in all its fullness? What does that mean to us? What does that mean to me? What does that mean to you? What does that look like? If you could dare to really dream, it's funny, Barry used, I was like, do I get up and preach? Because he basically preached most of my message when he got up and used some of the verses. Um, And he didn't even know. I said, should I shout, shut up! (laughs) (laughs) But what is a full life? It says, I'm reading out the Passion Translation for this verse, John 10, verse 10, a thief has only one thing in mind. He wants to steal, kill, and destroy Now, we can often focus on that part of the verse. Oh, yeah, he does. Still, come, yeah, yeah, he does, right. But then listen. But Jesus said, my desire is to give you everything in abundance, more than you expect. Life in all its fullness until you overflow. Life in all its fullness until you overflow. There are such powerful verses that we can just roll off our tongue and they're so powerful. It's like I said before, there wasn't blanks in the Bible that were like, oh, I need to throw something in there, what sounds good? These are life-transforming verses. Life in all its fullness. Jesus didn't just die on the cross for us to just exist. Jesus died on the cross for us to live and live a life of fullness and live an abundant life. Live in his resurrection. In his resurrection power, the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead dwells in me. So we are to live in his resurrected power and in his resurrected life. But what does that look like for you? Like Barry said before, pinch him a note. Dream for a minute. If you were to dream for a moment, if you were to dare to believe that it could happen, what would it look like for you? How would that look for you? Remember, we are spirit living in a natural body. So many things restrict us and everything, but we're spirit. We're spirit, creator God. Creator God who has the final say. You know, we're really good at being in tune with our natural selves. But I believe at the beginning of 2020, it's time to pursue the things of the spirit more than we've ever pursued it before. Maybe you're at the beginning of that journey. Maybe you're at the middle of the journey. Maybe you've been doing it for years. Maybe this is a <clears throat> the first time you're hearing about this. Maybe for some of us, it's something that we're like, hey, I have, I've moved away from that. I need to get back to living in that way. We need to walk and live in the supernatural. We were made in his image. I remember someone saying, how is that even possible? Because we all look so different. It's not about whether he's got long hair or short hair. We're made in his image, his spirit. 
We are spirit. And that is when we are alive. That is when in worship, we're like, yes. And we become enlarged because we are connected to Peter chapter 1 verse 4. says this, and because of his glory and excellence, he has given us great and precious promises. These are the promises that allow you to share his divine nature and escape the world's corruption caused by human desires. The word precious, the Greek word for it is timios. I even did the sound so I could make sure I'm saying it right to you. Timios. This means valuable and costly. So what it's saying is and because of his glory and his excellence, actually not because of what we've done, because of his glory and his excellence. This is why you can rest assured that he can do whatever it is you need him to do. It's because of his glory and his excellence. He has given us great and valuable costly promises these aren't throwaway promises these are valuable and costly these are the promises that allow you to share another translation is to be a partaker of his divine nature the greek word for divine means that you means godlike his godlike nature and so that you can escape the world's corruption caused by human desires what's being said here is you don't have to live that way any longer because of his excellence because of his greatness he's given us something so that we can live by the very power of God God's nature replaces ours God's nature replaces ours as we allow the Holy Spirit to live and move in us but it's about allowing. It's about making a choice. That's when I say we're in control of both because it's not that God's not willing, but it's about us allowing and choosing and saying, yes, God. Living in his nature means we are walking in the opposite direction to the natural life. So where I would run and I would hide, suddenly when my spirit became alive, And I saw him for who he was. Suddenly I walked in a completely different direction with a completely different swagger in a completely different way because suddenly I realized I was free. I was free. But we need to train ourselves to passionately pursue a supernatural life. Because just like when I get in the car and I turn the radio on and the station that was on before and is already tuned in automatically comes on, you see, that's what happens when we respond and react to situations using our flesh. We just respond and we just react in the moment. We respond and react because that's how we react. We don't even think about reacting like that. But just think about it. If we passionately pursue training ourselves to live a spiritual life that when something happens instead of responding we stand back and we go okay God what's the bigger picture here God let me have eyes to see what is truly happening in this situation God let me have ears to hear actually what is it that this person is saying Let me see what actually really is going on here rather than what I see right in front of me. We need to bulk up our spirit. We need to feed it. We need to train it. We need to exercise it. We need to grow it. You know, if we want to bulk up our Joshua 
likes the gym. And he knows if, if he doesn't go to the gym, then he's going to end up, what's the word? Scrawny. Scrawny, yeah. <laughs> what's, atrophy. Any more words? It's like a quiz. Um, but he's going to end up recoiling and not being what he was because he needs to keep going. He needs to keep pushing in. Barry talked again about the athlete at the back of the room, out the notes, Eli. He knows. <laughs> Somehow, I think God's been speaking today. I think he's all over the show. You can't go out of way not changed when God speaks, church. But Eli knows you've got to train. You've got to push through. You've got to eat the right things. You've got to get up off your backside. You've got to get out of bed in the morning. You know, if we want to just sit our spirits down in front of a TV and let the trash of the world run over it, then you're not going to be living in the spirit. But if you get into the word, and if you get into worship, and if you stand back from situations and go, hey, I'm not just going to rush into this. I'm not just going to slip into that place of desperation. I'm actually going to start going, okay, what's God got to say? Where am I going to grow in this? Because God wants to grow us. He wants us to be stronger than we've ever been before. We need to bulk up our spirit. We need to feed it and we need to train it. Today is a starting point for some. For others, it's just something that needs returning to. But my heart for us as a church is that we would run and pursue the spirit life more than anything we've ever done before. That by the end of this, you know, it was amazing. Last week in the worship, I actually said to Barry on the front row, it's like a football crowd. I've never been to a football match before. I've been to some rugby ones. When the worship started from somewhere around there, didn't start from up here, didn't start off the front row, and it was like a wave. It was like a wave of worship. You know, we want... A wave of worship to hit this room. But we've got to be partakers. If we're partakers of his divine nature, of his God-like nature, we would want to worship in his presence. We can all turn up to church and be in the worship and watch. And, you know, we're going to do our very best to try and tweak the sound and get everything right, but it's never going to be perfect. But that's okay, because it's about him and not us. You know, we pray that over this year there will be waves of worship coming throughout this congregation that actually it's going to leave the worship team speechless. And they're actually going to have to do it. When that wave of worship happened last week, I saw Io here, and he just suddenly began to jump. He was like Tigger. (laughs) He suddenly began to jump, and he went, yes! And that people just got to their feet and they began to sing, I exalt thee, because a high praise left their lips and he was magnified over anything else that we'd walked in the room with. And I'll tell you, the the people that said to me afterwards, wow, that worship today, that worship today, the worship is about all of us collectively being alive in our spirits. And connecting spiritually and opening our mouths. Like
like I say, this is a, a, a big topic that we could cover of, you know, how do we live in the Spirit? It's not just something that you go, bang, here you go, this is it. Because I believe that there are layers that as we journey through our lives and as we mature in our relationship with God, there are layers, you know, that we can teach on and we can talk about. But I'm just going to cover three practical ways in my last five minutes. I don't normally really ever run out of time. I might go over today. (laughs) How does that feel? Um, So I'm going to cover, get your notebooks out, three practical steps. Now, now the angle I'm coming at with this is when something hits you. What do you do when fear hits you? What do you do when anxiety hits you? What do you do when there's a loss of job? What do you do when there's a bad medical report? What do you do? How, how, do, you, how do you live in the spirit? How is your spirit alive in that? When you're receiving such bad news, I'm telling you, there is a way. There is a way because we are partakers of his divine nature. And so God doesn't go to pieces when something happens. Now, I'm not saying there aren't tears. I'm not saying that. I'm not saying we don't feel things. But what I am saying is that we are still alive in our spirit. We are not in despair and desperation. And so these are three things that I've learned. What do I do? How do I turn to hear my spirit voice. Three practical steps. When you feel fear or anything like that coming on, stop and still your heart and mind. Don't worry about what to do about it, right? Put that to one side. That could be addressed later. Stop. Literally stop. Still your heart and mind. Because my verse is Romans chapter 12, verse 2. Don't copy the behavior and customs of this world. Sound familiar? I think God is speaking. But let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Here's the thing. If you don't stop and still your heart and mind your mind will take you into chaos. It will take you, I'm going to try and use this again. It will take you into this. But when you stop and still your heart and mind, and you don't follow the way you've historically behaved, and you don't follow the way your friends behave, and you don't follow how people expect you to behave, when you stop and spend a moment taking the tweaks that are needed, you'll be able to hear. Because we are allowing him to renew our thinking and transforming the way that we think. Then you will learn to know God's will for you. In all the chaos of our fleshly thoughts, we don't know God's will because we've not stopped long enough to listen for his voice, to know what his will is. And God's will is good and pleasing and perfect. Point one, stop and still your heart and mind. Number two, that'll take three minutes. Tune in to truth. Find 
scriptures of truth. Maybe you're like, well, that's a bit difficult for me. If you're really stuck, you can email in and we will send you scriptures of truth out. Write this email address down. Hello, H-E-L-L-O, at hopechurchhome.co.uk. See, we don't want you alone on this journey. This is why we do life groups. Because in life groups, when you're right at the beginning of your journey and when you're right far into your journey, you will learn to tune into truth. You need scriptures on truth, you may email into us and we will give you scriptures on truth. Go and ask people after the meeting who you've watched and you're like, yeah, I can see that you know, they, they, they know God and I, I can go and ask them because they'll have scriptures they can share with you. How about this one? Psalm 23. The Lord is my shepherd. Tune into truth. I have all that I need. He lets me rest in green meadows. He leads me beside peaceful streams. He renews my strength. He guides me along right paths, bringing honor to his name. Even when I walk, even when I walk. It doesn't say he's going to keep you away from problems completely. It says this, even when I walk through the darkest valley, I will not be afraid. Tune into truth. Tune into truth. How can it say, the Lord is my shepherd, I have all that I need if you've just lost your job? Because he's your shepherd. That's how you've got all that you need. Because he's the creator. And the created can't have more power than the creator. I'll not be afraid for you are close beside me. Your rod and your staff protect me. You prepare a feast for me in the presence of my enemies. The worship team can start to come. You honor me by anointing my head with oil. My cup overflows with blessings. Surely your goodness and unfailing love will pursue me all the days of my life and I will live in the house of the Lord forever. All that was required on our part was to tune into truth. That whole psalm is everything he will be to us. Everything he will be to us. Where we have the control over whether we expand or whether we shrink, we have the control over what we choose to do in that moment. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. Point two was tune into truth. Number three, allow. I'll underline that, allow, because it's a choice. His peace to reign. Allow his peace to reign. So once you've stopped and you've stilled your heart and mind, Tune into truth. Make your mind follow truth. And allow his peace to reign. Isaiah chapter 26 verse 3 says, You will keep in perfect peace all who trust in you, all whose thoughts are fixed on you. All we have to do is make the right choice. It says, you will keep in perfect peace. Not, I have to keep myself in perfect peace. It says, you will keep in perfect peace if I trust in you. Because that's not like, oh, he's only going to do it if I trust in him. That's not like a control thing from God. No, no, the truth is, if you don't trust in him, you're trusting your own thoughts and your own flesh, and we all know where that takes us. Because we need to be tuned into truth when we tune into truth, his peace comes, but then we need to allow it to reign. 
You need to speak out and make a declaration. Lord, I trust you. Lord, because of you, I have overcome. You can write some of these down, use them for yourself. Lord, you have said that no weapon formed against me will prosper. And I believe it. I'm not alone. Because Lord, you said you'll never leave me. Greater is he that is in me than is he that is in the world. The Bible says the same spirit that raised Jesus Christ from the dead dwells in me. And I believe it. You've got to start a positive declaration. You've got to start speaking it out. Because it changes the atmosphere. Did you see this then? Whoever's playing? Do you play? You playing? No? Okay, it's not. It's, well, we've just, uh, like, I've just shown that we sometimes use a track. But that's okay. But listen, you see that? Did you feel the atmosphere change? When you start to speak a declaration of truth out, the atmosphere changes. The atmosphere around you changes. I can't do it for you. Barry can't do it for you. Hope Church can't do it for you. Your life group can't do it for you. There are things to help you on your journey. And if you aren't in a life group, I would say... If you wholeheartedly want to pursue living by the Spirit this year, knowing God in a greater way, I don't think an hour and a half out of a week is a great cost. But you will get to know God in a greater way when you are with people as well as on your own. Write this down if you're not in a life group. Why am I not in a life group? And at the back table where it says, want to know more, Dave and Kathy, who coordinate all our life groups, are going to be stood there after the meeting. They didn't know, but we are. Why are you not in a life group? Go over. Give them your name and number. And I'll find a life group that's just right for you. Go home, write out some verses. If you're very new to faith, maybe you don't even know Jesus, yeah. Like I said, you can email in, you can speak to someone. Here, we will help you. Write out your declarations. Lord, I trust you. And write them out. Get flashcard things that they use for exams and you can keep them in your pocket. And when something, get out your declarations that you're going to say. Get out your truth. Get out your scriptures. Go and lock yourself in a toilet cubicle and start to read over them. And if you can't speak them out at the top of your voice, whisper them. Whisper them to yourself, Lord, I believe you. Lord, I feel alone, but you said you're never going to leave me. So I'm not. I'm not alone. Write out some go-to song titles. It is well with my soul. It is well, it is well with my soul. It doesn't just end there. What it ends with now is a choice on your part and on my part. Do we live allowing our spirit to have a voice? Or do we live by default letting our flesh 
dictate our moods, our emotions, the way we treat people, the content that we watch, the things that we do. Whatever you are struggling with today, it cannot be more powerful than the Creator. Amen.